Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Go Hockey podcast. Today we had Tim Jackman, former NHLer on, and boy, was it a treat. As usual, I'm your host, Danny Heath from Project Hockey, and with me is... I'm Pete Kamen from Elevated Hockey, and this was a really cool episode for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Tim Jackman obviously had a very long, successful career in the NHL, uh, but it's also super interesting because not just as a player, you know, he's also a, a uh, an 18U AAA coach right now. I think he's, he said he's coaching 16U AAA next uh, year uh, for a really successful program in uh, North Star Christian Academy in, in Minnesota. So uh, kind of two sides of the coin, the, the playing side and the coaching side. So a lot of really good takeaways for people in this episode. I'm really excited for people to hear um, specifically about when he talks about the maturity and the maturity he needed at different steps in his career that really helped him. Uh, even later in his career in the NHL, where he's talking about he finally was mature enough to, to find success. So there's some really good piece of information there. Heater, what'd you think? Any any good things you're excited for people to hear? Yeah, well, Jax, he, he's a special human being, that's for sure. His story from when he grew up in beautiful Minnesota, obviously Minnesota, boy, that's awesome. But all the way, like you said, playing in the NHL and just that maturity process was huge. But then if you listen to him in the, in the throughout the year, the interview he uses a word over and over and over again that word is fear and and the way he used it and he used it in a positive a negative he used it to fuel he used it to to drain and all all those different things and so it, that was very interesting to me to and i i know jackman personally and he's a mountain of a man so for him to talk about fear was very interesting to me and so yeah, i'm i'm looking forward to this interview and I hope everybody enjoys it. That's for sure. What do you say, coach? Yeah, good points all around. I, I think there's a lot of huge takeaways here. So yeah, great guest, great interview. I'm looking forward to talking to him again sometime, but uh, I think we get into it. Let's let the people hear what he's got to say. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. This interview was brought to you by HockeyWolf.com. Check out HockeyWolf.com for all things hockey. They are a fantastic brick and mortar and online retailer. They've got everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. If you love the game of hockey, you got to check out HockeyWolf.com. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, don't forget to check out Hockey Wolf's team sales option on their website. Next time your team needs helmets or gloves, sticks, skates, jerseys, go to HockeyWolf.com. Get everything that you need so that your guys and girls are ready to hit the ice. Go check them out. Go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. Born in Minot, North Dakota, but more importantly, raised in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, where he went to Park Center High School and had 34 goals his senior year. Did a before and after with the Twin City Vulcans, and who is now the Tri-City Storm, my alumni. Played for the best college in the country, Minnesota State University. Let's go. Drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Second round, number 38 overall in the 2001 NHL entry draft. He was the first player from our college to be drafted. Made his NHL debut with the Jackets on December 20th, 2003, in a game against the Minnesota Wild, his home state, and scored his first goal and assist on February 27th of 2004 in a 4-3 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. And oh yeah, he was a third star of the night. Let's go. Played 483 games in the National Hockey League. Playing for the Islanders in the 08-09 season, he was named the recipient of the Bob Nystrom Award as an Islanders team award given to the player who best demonstrates leadership, hustle, and dedication. Well-deserved when you had over 150 hits that, that season. 
holds the record for the fastest goal in NHL history by a player on his birthday. Tim Jackman, Whoa. welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, down Tim. in my basement, kind of quarantined, and it's pretty neat. You guys got a hold of me. So thanks, uh, Danny and Pete, for having me on your show. Yeah, Bye. perfect. Thank you for coming on. I, we really appreciate it. Well, let's uh, let's not waste any time here. Let's jump right into it. Why don't we yeah. uh, get a little bit about your you – know, Danny ran through kind of your hockey path, but let's get a little background on you and, and how uh, – you what you did in youth hockey coming up through there to, to juniors college and into your NHL, if, if uh, you mind talking about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, uh, my dad worked for the railroad, so I was born in Minot and then he got transferred to Grand Forks, North Dakota, where I kind of started playing hockey and um, played for the Grand Forks Supras. And then it was going to, then was going to make the, uh, like the elite blue team. I can't remember the name. I was going to make that team actually, which was, you know, my parents were like, wow, that's pretty neat. And then he got transferred to Minneapolis and um, they bought a home in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, where I ended up spending most of my, the majority of my time. I was 10 then uh, and spent a lot of time playing for the Brooklyn Park Pirates and went on to play for the Park Center Pirates. Um, and as I was just kind of going along there, actually one, one really kind of fun story was like my dad got transferred to Texas when I was in sixth grade. Um, it was the same year as the Minnesota North Stars got transferred down to uh, Dallas and became the Dallas Stars. So it was kind of the last time I was the best player on the ice. <laughs> but, uh, when I got down to Texas, this Minnesota, you know, North Dakota kid playing hockey. Hockey was just getting started in, in uh, Texas. A lot of roller hockey. And I was going uh, – I was getting recruited to play in men's, men's league roller hockey as a seventh grader. They were asking me to come play. So my mom was like, yeah, go ahead. You can take them. And uh, so I got to go play men's league roller hockey when I was in seventh grade in Texas. Then my dad, you know, it was just too far uh, from family. He asked to get transferred back. We get transferred back, and we moved right back into the same neighborhood in Brooklyn Park. And um, So grew up in Minneapolis and played for the Park Center Pirates. My senior year was the same year, uh, and I also got to play before and after with the Twin City Balkans in the USHL. It was the last year – that the Twin City Balkans were uh, a team. Then they got transferred. They moved to Kearney, Car Nebraska, where Danny Heath, the future Carney. Danny Heath, was, would be part of. <laughs> so we actually won the national championship that year, which is pretty neat. Uh, let's yeah, let's go with Twin City Balkans. We lost my, my senior season at Park Center. We lost to Blaine. Matt Hendricks, Trevor Frischman, Brandon Bochensky. We were winning 3-1 going into the third period. They came back and beat us and went on to win the state tournament. So I ended up training with Matt Hendricks from the Minnesota Wild for a long time. Good friend of mine, but he seems to remember that more than I do. So, <laughs> But uh, then, I, you know, I was playing at Mankato and Man – or not Mankato, I'm sorry. I was playing for the Twin City Balkans, and Mankato really liked me and um, – they really pursued me hard, and I ended up going there after my senior season uh, of high school and playing for the Balkans. I went straight to Mankato where uh, got to meet a lot of lifelong friends, been part of a great team. They were part of the WCHA back then. We got to play North Dakota. So I got to play in the old Ingolstadt Arena, and then the following year at North Dakota, they had the brand-new Ingolstadt. So I got to play in both of them, which is pretty special. Uh, I ended up getting drafted there, and that's when I began my pro career after my second year. That's a, that's a pretty cool story. Like the idea of like, you know, 
we, we asked you to tell your story about your hockey career and the biggest chunk of it was spent on your high school senior season um, and how devastating that probably was. But the idea of like people who aren't from Minnesota that are listening mm-hmm. to this, like playing yeah. for your high school and trying to win a state championship and going to the Excel Energy Center is a big deal. And it's, it's pretty cool to hear you talk about that. So I appreciate you sharing that. And then another unique thing about you is, is nowadays the average age for a freshman in college hockey is 20, 21 years old. And you were able to make that jump right from high school. You, you did play about 20, I think 26 games in the USHL before and after your high school season. But can you talk about just making that jump right from call or right from high school hockey in the USHL right into the pro or to the uh, college game and what the differences were and, and how you adjusted? Yeah, I think uh, thinking back on my high school, you know, my senior season and playing in the USHL that year, uh, I think my biggest, the biggest uh, challenge at first was fear. Like I was, I remember going to my first training camp that year as a senior in high school, going to junior camp and seeing these, you know, older guys wearing half shields and, uh, just the pace and the size of these guys. And I remember I had a terrible, uh, training camp, uh, with the twin city Balkans. And I think that they gave me an extra shot, an extra, um, opportunity because of my past that I was scoring goals at the high school level and my junior and, and they saw some potential there, but maybe, um, that I didn't show in tryouts. So I got another, I got one more extra look. And I think it was because of the, you know, some of my history from scoring consistently. And then, um, I get to Hayward, Wisconsin. It was the first, you know, the first invitational was kind of the last kick at the can to make the team for the Twin City Balkans. All the junior teams were there. I remember my first game against Omaha and I, and uh, I remember coming out in warmups and I just didn't get tired. I remember I was like, holy smokes, I feel fast. And it was the first time that I let go of all that fear. Or maybe, I, maybe it was a fear that I wouldn't make the team. So I went out there and I absolutely crushed it like was flying was running over guys was blocking shots with my face was not was completely fearless going to the net scoring goals like and I remember as soon as I walked out of there my dad was like holy smokes who what happened out there that's you know you just were playing so confident and maybe it was a like I said I just kind of let go and was not I was almost scared not to make the team and that's probably what happened and all of a sudden scouts were talking to me there was an NHL scout from Columbus there that was the first time he saw me and uh, that's kind of when it all got started there and there were some other colleges there that really kind of saw that and it was just from a couple games up in Hayward but I think the biggest thing was just realizing that there's nothing to be scared about just go out there and and give it everything you got and I think that's what happened so yeah and I know we talked about that. I was fortunate enough to come skate with your school, the North Star Christian Academy, a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about that, just the idea yeah. of being fearless and like yeah. even down to the point of like we're losing the art of just hammering slap shots. Like we do, we're not doing that anymore. And whether it's a fear thing or not. And so that that sets you up to have a pretty good season for the for the Twin City team and then yeah. brought you to Minnesota State. Uh, like I said, the best college in the, in the country. And so what was that adjustment? Like when you, when you got there and you're, you're playing in the WCHA back when the WCHA really didn't have a night off, you're playing North Dakota, Wisconsin, Minnesota. uh, Mm. And that was kind of an every weekend thing. And so what was that like being a freshman 
um, highly touted freshman, right? Like the NHL yeah. draft pick, scoring a bunch of goals. What was that pressure like? Well, I didn't get drafted till after my freshman year at Mankato, but I think it was similar to going to um, from junior, and it was kind of a little. I don't know if I had a chip on my shoulder, but there's a couple things. I think first, I I was very fortunate that my high school coaches had a great high school coach, Mike Hewitt. He, uh, you know, just loved his players. And the second one was our assistant coach was Dean Williamson, and he played for the Gophers, and he had a good friend, um, Lance Pitlick. He has sweet hands in Minnesota. His two sons, Rem and Rhett, you know, incredible young hockey players already. And he was looking for somebody to work out with and train. And so Dean connected Lance with me and I remember getting to have lunch with them and Lance was like, okay, I'll take you under my wing and I'll teach you how to train, but you got to get out of bed every morning and not be late. I'll give you one sleep in day. And, uh, he took me under his wing. And so as a, you know, a young man that just graduated high school about to go into his college first freshman year of college, I had an uh, NHL veteran who was considered always was considered one of the top guys in uh, training or top guys condition-wise when he got to camp when we would do our testing. He was always at the top because of the way he trained. And he taught me at a young age how to train and the things I needed to do to get better. So that was a huge asset for me, and, and I'm thankful for him. I'm forever thankful for him. He bought me a – so at Lifetime Fitness back in the day, you know, we didn't have all these hockey little specific training places. We trained at Lifetime right. Fitness. And uh, – Every day they have a, you know, they have the little cafe there with sandwiches and stuff. He bought me a Myoplex protein chocolate, double protein banana smoothie every day, right? And they're like four bucks a pop. He was making, you know, he he got paid well playing in the NHL, but he took me under his wing and did that. That was pretty special. And uh, so, one, he taught me how to train at a really young age, which was huge. Second, so then I get to Mankato, and I think it was the same thing as – uh as the Vulcans it was I had a little chip on my shoulder after I realized hey I can skate with these guys it always kind of all of a sudden would snap and I'd be like I got this I can I got this figured out and then it was just fearless like whatever that's my puck let's go battle for it right and I think I was just able to do that there and uh, I had some success and was starting to get talked to and had an agent and all those kind of things but it just kind of took off. It was kind of a confidence thing when I all of a sudden felt like, wait a second, these guys are older and bigger, but I belong here. And it was kind of a confident thing that I was fortunate enough to find. Absolutely. And you, you've talked a lot about fear so far and yeah. the idea of being fearless and how it's on both sides of you. Like, mm. you know, I was, I had fear, but then I used that fear to, I mean, you even mentioned blocking shots with your mouth. So yeah. that's, uh, that's definitely something that you need. And that carried through. You played two years at Minnesota State University and then decided to forego your last two seasons and make the jump to pro hockey. Yeah. Do you kind of want to talk about that a little bit and what went into that decision? And then your first couple of years of, of professional hockey where, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, when you kind of, I mean, when you scored a goal in the NHL, which very few people do and what that transition was like and just the biggest difference between college hockey to the to the pro game yeah when I think back on my you know that initial time when I signed my pro contract back then um, the NHL had a lot of they had leverage with being able to sign contracts 
and more leverage than they do now as in a, and signing bonuses and all those different kind of things. And they came at me and my family and, and offered us and were said, we want, we want to start investing in Tim Jackman. And, and that was an opportunity for me um, to take. And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy back then for us, you know, one minute, it was a funny process. I go back to high school as my freshman year, sophomore year in high school, a dad came up to me after our first game exhibition game and said, I see you being up for Mr. Hockey someday. And I'm a sophomore in high school. So to have somebody speak life into me like that was like, wow, that's, that's pretty neat to hear. And I didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden I was up for Mr. Hockey. And then all of a sudden there's division one coaches talking to me and then there's NHL scouts at our games. And it all kind of evolved where all of a sudden I'm like, cause I never knew, never thought I was that good or that I could make it. I was just trying to be the best I could at that level. And, uh, it just kind of took taken off. And then I go up, I get this contract signed by Columbus and um, off I go to Columbus and, and take my first training camp. And that was a new, a new thing for me, the training camp. All of a sudden you have your face mask off back then. There's a lot of fighting. I mean, there's some big tough guys. And now all of a sudden I'm sitting, you know, next to a guy from Boston and a guy from Saskatchewan on my line. And that's just a different world. Like it's just getting, you're just getting in this bigger hockey world. And um, it was a different style. And, and that fear, I was pretty, uh, that's when I was, that's when it really hit me. And I didn't, wasn't, I was kind of losing my confidence a little bit my first couple of years. And I, looking back, I, I wasn't as confident once I got into that bigger bubble. And part of it was they really, Columbus really wanted me to fight. They really wanted, I was a big guy. I played aggressive. I wasn't scared to go to the net. I wasn't scared to go get a puck in the corner. So they wanted that, you know, just that, I don't know if it's intimidation or just that uh, fear less again. And I started, I never fought. I fought maybe twice in junior hockey, maybe once outside the rink, if that. So not much, not much fighting in my life. So yeah, I was, that's, I was pretty scared, but uh, it took me a while to get over that. And I guess, you know, my story, I, I was doing some bad things away from the rink. I got myself into, I got caught up in the wrong stuff in the hockey world. And I'm not blaming the hockey world at all. I was trying to fit in and the things that I thought I needed to do. And basically, I didn't want to play hockey anymore. That's how far gone I got. One, I didn't want to fight. Two, I was doing some things away from the rink that weren't productive to help me. And I just had to get some help. So after my third year with Columbus, I almost quit hockey. I was almost at a point where, like, I can't do this anymore. And uh, thankfully, the NHL stepped in. My sister stepped in. I got some help. And uh, that's when, after that, I said, I'm not going to be denied. What do I have to do? If I have to fight, that's what I'm going to do. And I started fighting all the time. And I was terrible at it. I actually had a GM for the LA Kings come up to me and say, hey, we appreciate you fighting all the time, but you have to start winning fights if you want to be good at it right so yeah, that's pretty good advice right. sometimes it's the truth you know it might hurt and sting a bit but it was the best advice that I got and uh and that's how I ended up trying to separate myself because that's the that's the key to you have to bring value you got to make yourself valuable there's a lot of good hockey players out there but what's going to separate you and back then that was a way that I separated myself from other forwards I was big I could skate and then to say that I'd do anything and die trying to make it or be on this team that's uh, just this, you know, that was able to separate myself from other guys that weren't willing to do that. Nice. Well, I appreciate you opening yeah. up like that and uh, yeah. sharing that, that, 
that piece of advice for the the players out there. And that it brings up another question to uh, in my mind. So you kind of touched on a lot of the your background and your role and how that role kind of shifted with your teams. What if mm-hmm. we flip we flip that a little bit? My the the teams you're on, you had the opportunity to play for a couple different teams at the professional level in the NHL. Um, give me a little background on on kind of what in your opinion, made some of those teams more successful than others or what kind of elements for, from a team point, if you're adopting that role of this is where I fit in on a team, a yeah. bigger picture, how's that, what does that team look like when, and maybe specifically on, on your cup run, if you can touch on that. Yeah. I think that um, every stop I had in the NHL was special because it was, I wasn't in the minors anymore. I didn't want to be there. Um, I think it was a learning place for me at every single one, you know, in the Islanders, I was really trying to get my foot in the door. It was a young organization. They were, um, a team that was really willing to give me a shot and kind of work on developing and teaching me. So that was a new, and I was trying to find my role there. I was trying to find my identity. And for me, it was learning how to be, you know, a hard nosed player to play against willing to do anything. And, uh, you know, one of the coaches there, Scott Gordon at the time, he said, Tim Jackman plays every shift like it's his last. And that's, that's kind of how I felt back then when I was with the Islanders, like, this is it, I'm going to be shipped on a bus. I'm living in a hotel still. I don't know how many days I spent in the hotel there at the Marriott across from NASA, NASA Coliseum, but I was afraid again to lose my job and that's how I was playing. And what happened was because I was playing with that desperation, uh, we played New Jersey, I don't know how many times, six, eight times. And every time I'd fight somebody on their team and the next, you know, after that year, then um, Brent Sutter was the coach. He got the head coaching job in Calgary. So then he called my agent and, and he loved the way I play. So he brought me up to Calgary um, where I had an amazing year. I learned a ton. And then I ended up a couple of years later getting uh, dra- or traded to Anaheim. And I guess the difference that I saw in all the places was one was my maturity as I grew, grew as a player, more professional, understanding the game more. So I was most mature when I got to Anaheim. And then just from a leadership standpoint on um, – from each team, just the more developed that the team was or more successful the team was from past and, and some of the leadership, like in the Islanders, we had some great leaders, but they had some pieces that they were really trying to figure out. And we were pretty young Calgary. We were just kind of, we were right on the cusp of making the playoffs. And then when we, when I got to Anaheim, they just had, um, they just had a really good thing going. And I just got to be a piece there when I had really established what my identity was as a player. And I knew exactly what I needed to do every night. So I hope that answered your question a little bit. It was kind of a maturity and a growing as a, as a professional, as a player, understanding the game more. And I had some really good coaches along the way that were patient with me to teach me, teach me these things. So, yeah. And so that leads in right into the next question I had about the coaching. You mentioned a couple different coaches you played for and, mm-hmm. and maybe if you want to talk, touch on uh, some of the different coaching styles that you experienced as, as you, as you went through the league and then, and any of those qualities that you've kind of adopted into your own game now that you're coaching young athletes and, and kind of what, in your opinion, makes a, a good coach both at the pro level and then at the uh, the youth level now? Yeah, I think that 
Um, I probably took a piece from all of our co- all the coaches that I had throughout the years. I can think of you know a couple things here or one thing here from each coach that I got to play for. Um, and some of them were, you know, I had Bob Hartley in uh, in Calgary, and he is. I don't know if I was taught more about hockey in the two years that I spent with him just on X's and O's and little fine details of the game. Like he is an expert at that. Like he is incredible. He won a Stanley cup in Colorado. Just, uh, he, he called it, uh, Bob Hartley school of hockey. Like we were taught, like we watched video. We were taught things every single day and it, it paid off. It paid off so much. But I think with me teaching me all those things, which was so, which I, I'm so thankful for that I got to learn from him. And then when I got to Anaheim where Bruce Boudreaux is such a uh, 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 player's coach, you know, we do uh, coaching development with our school and with, it's called Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We do a coach's call once a month and we talk about coaching. And one thing um, that we were talking about Bruce the other day, I brought it up, but just how he'd walk through the locker room just in his jeans and a golf shirt and just kind of come up to each guy here or there, we would have individual meetings once every two, three weeks with guys. And it's just, how are you doing? What's going on? How's life? You know, and he's been in our shoes. He played, if you look at Bruce's stats, like he was an incredible hockey player. And uh, he would probably joke that he doesn't look like it anymore, but he was like, he had some serious, like he was a serious, really smart hockey player. And, uh, but he comes through the locker room all the time and just how you doing. And, and there's so much, uh, value and looking at players as humans, as guys that have life school, life going on with their wives, with children, with other things that are going on, just to know that you care about me, that you just care about what's going on in my world. Not just if I can take a slap shot or if I can get to the corner or not little things like that. It's just been, so that's a huge piece. So now I go from, Bob Hartley learning all these X's and O's and all these things that helped me as a hockey player to go into play for Bruce where it's, Hey man, just play. Here's your role. Really simple. Play as hard as you can. And that's what I want from you, man. It was just, that's, I played some of my best hockey. We lost, I'm in Anaheim and we lost, I can't remember who we lost to, but Bruce came in the next day at a meeting, you know, he wasn't happy and he goes, we're not going to win many hockey games if Tim Jackman is the best hockey player on our team. Right? Like, it was a backhanded compliment because we got Getzlaff, Bowler, Perry, Freddie Anderson, Gibson. Like, we got stud hockey players on our team. Ryan Kessler. But for him to say that, because I had that freedom in my life because of the maturity I've grown, the things that I've been through that I've learned from, and then the coaching that I've had and, and the things that I've learned. And now to have somebody just be like, here's how I just go play. You know, the first thing Bruce said to me when I got there, he's like, I don't want any of that dumb stuff. You know, it was, it was really interesting. Ninth, I don't know what game it was that year, early in the season. And I'm hopped up on Red Bull and ready to go run somebody through the wall. And I butt end uh, Sammy Vatanen and I get kicked out of the game, five minute penalty. This is like three minutes into the game. Like I'm out there, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to set the tone early. And this is when I'm playing for Calgary, but we're playing Anaheim. So I get a five-minute penalty, butt ending, kicked out of the game. I don't know, a week later, I get traded, traded to Anaheim. And that was the first thing Bruce said to me. He's like, I don't want any of that dumb stuff. 
just go play, right? Just go play hard. And yeah. man, was Honestly. that was that freeing for me to because I I told you I didn't like the fighting stuff. I didn't want to do it, but I was willing to do it to separate myself and to stay in the league that I wanted to play in. And uh, so, yeah, just that having that freedom and plus learning the game from other coaches has just been uh, some of the experiences I've had. That's awesome. Hopefully, hopefully I wanna, that you mentioned one thing, you know, I, I think is a pretty, you know, uh, uh, well, first the freedom you're talking about, like the coaches, like not being able to like for a young player, a youth hockey player, mm-hmm. not being scared of making mistakes is probably yeah. a huge takeaway from what you just talked about. The other thing from a coach's standpoint um, that, you know, when I, when I talk to coaches, I always talk about when the youth hockey players, like you just don't know what's going on with those kids' lives. Like you yeah. might be the only positive influence they have in their life. And so when you're talking about Bruce going around and like saying hey to all the players, you know, at the yeah. level, translate that back down to a youth hockey level and, you know, making contact, whether it's on the ice or in the locker room with every single player and trying to build that player up because you really just don't know, you know, like does that guy have a positive male influence in their life? Does they have, right. do they have a tough time at home? Is it, was it a tough day at school? Um, and that, you know, that, that hour, hour and a half practice, you know, in, inside the walls of the rink might be that the highlight of that kid's day. That's a, a point where, a, you know, a good hockey coach, in my opinion, can have such a positive input on a, on a young, young athlete's life that I think that's a, a little piece that a lot of times the coaches get so caught up in the winning and losing at some of the youth levels that they forget about that piece. So I'm glad you touched on that. I think it's a huge, yeah. huge takeaway for young coaches. Absolutely. And I've had some, you know, I've had some experiences in my life and I've had some really good mentors, our head coach at our school. And I know you're going to ask me more about that at another time, but some of the, you know, we talk about success as a coach now, and now I didn't always look at this, but success as a coach is what kind of husbands, what kind of fathers are these guys after we've gotten done with them and, and coach them. And that's kind of going to be the telltale of what kind of coaches we are. That's how we believe at North star at least. And, uh, it's really important. Like you said, you don't know what these guys, some of these guys have gone through and to love these young men and, and let them know that you care about them. That's the old saying that they don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Kind of thing. For so. sure. Absolutely. And we, we had, we had the opportunity to talk to Lindsay Fry, who, uh, us Olympian silver medalist. Uh, she's from Arizona and she talked about like youth coaches, the best thing that, a youth coach could have is that the next year all their kids want to play hockey again. Mm. And to me, I was like, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like you see kids quitting at peewees, bantams, Mm. and it's like, why are they quitting? And a lot of times it was coaching. And I loved her mindset of just like, if all all the kids you coach want to play the next season, then you did your job as a youth hockey coach. Yeah. And it's, I thought that was huge. Um, That's really good. And so kind of, kind of looking from there, you you got the, the chance to, like you said, you went from high school, which was, small to college which is getting a little bigger and then you you went into the professional hockey the nhl where the pond is now like that's and it's where everybody wants to be and so you had the opportunity to play with a ton of different hockey players some of them the best at what they do and if you want to dive into one maybe two players that you played with that you're like this guy he he was the real deal he did this Mm -hmm. better than anyone he he prepared this way and and talk about the difference of like someone who you know, bounces or stays in the AHL versus the guy who, you know, mm. signs four or five contracts in the NHL. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess a couple guys come to my mind, you know, I think about some of the professional guys, like you're, you're asking about some of the guys that found a way to stick in the NHL and not yeah. stay in the, 
minors and so much of it is habits. Um, I think training habits and learning habits because you travel so much in pro hockey, there's rarely any nights that you feel good. You know, Jerome McGinley, when I was in Calgary, he used to say, you know, you, you might feel good about 20 games of the year. So you got to make sure those games count. You get on the score sheet or you play really well because a lot of games, like you're traveling, you're flying, you got stuff going on, you, you know, your legs don't feel good. So the guys that prepare and learn those um, habits off, off the ice, but habits on the ice too, what are you going to do when your legs don't feel good? How's your stick? How's your uh, – just the way you think, stuff like that that are going on and training those. So I'm trying to think of some guys – I mean, there's so many guys that I played with at that level that separated themselves by their preparation, by how hard they work. You know, Mark Giordano in Calgary, like he's just a machine. He trains so hard, right? He's just constantly working, constantly wanting to get better. And I think the majority of those guys now, there's just so many guys that are working like that. Um, I think of just leadership stuff, things that separate. I mean, I got to play with Ryan Getzloff. A centerman like the way that he wins stick battles and he can sense when a team's going one way or the other and he, if he needs to step up and do the dirty work he will um he was just a man on our team and when he when he called things or directed things like you listened and and if it wasn't getting done then he would step up and do it and just the way that he plays the vision that he had like he is a step ahead he, he might not look like he's playing at a super pace, but he had the ability to slow the game down when he needed to. And then when he would dish the puck, he could take off on a given goal as fast as anybody. Um, so I think he, him, I got to play with Bill Guerin, who's the GM for the wild. Like I'm thinking about leadership. These guys, the way that they commanded a room, the, the, how they, when it came game time, how serious they were, they wanted to play and win. And then when it was done with and you're around the rink practice, they were constantly focused on focusing on making the team and make and joking around with guys and making guys feel comfortable. Uh, I think of those two guys for leadership stuff. I think of, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of players. I, I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of lost my train of thought there, but no, you uh, did. I, it's important to talk like, a lot of times in the NHL, people look at like, and I'm glad he didn't say, well, you know, so-and-so had 80 points every year I played with them. You, you yeah. go right into the guys that made a career playing the game that we all love because of their leadership and because of how they yeah. acted on and off the ice. And I thought that that was super interesting. And it, it kind of leads into Cameron's next question here, if you want to want to throw that at him. Yeah, I mean, you t you're just touching on on – the importance of, of habits and preparation and uh, that's kind of segueing right into the next thing. I, I want to see if you had any advice for like a youth hockey or, or junior hockey player, and then also a coach, um, yeah. you know, what do you, what you think that they could take into their game to help make them uh, a little more successful and find success and bring value to their team, both as a player or a coach. Yeah, I think at the youth level, um, I mean, Danny, you came and skated with our guys and, and we talked about it. Like vision is so important. Teaching guys to play with their head up, right? Um, that's something that's so important. Getting guys to understand the importance of playing with your head up, I think. But little, ha like, little habits are shoulder checking or um, 
you know, having a, a plan before I get the puck, what am I going to do with this? Knowing what my options are and then picking the right option. I think teaching, teaching young hockey players how to play with their head up is so important because it's going to separate. It's going to get faster and faster and faster. And if you have to look at the puck longer and longer or your first instinct is to get it, stick handle it, look what I'm going to do with it, the plays are going to close so fast. Right. Uh, so teaching those habits, I think, is so important. The vision stuff is so important. Um, little things like stick, like something so simple, but when you hit a guy or you're forechecking, having a good stick, so important. That's a simple habit that needs to be talked about over and over and over again. That's one thing we talk about at, at our school, and that's one thing I'm con- I learned that from uh, Bob Hartley. I mean, we constantly were talking about our sticks. So how do you dive into that for a second, if you don't mind, like how, if you're a, you know, for a thing about like a high school age player that maybe doesn't, doesn't play with a good stick. How do you teach that? What what kind of habits are you breaking and what are you putting in on uh, for them to adopt into their game? Yeah. Well, you're, I mean, you're breaking guys skating with two hands on their stick. You know, we got one player last year um, that came to us everywhere he went, he was skating with two hands on his stick everywhere. Uh, I mean, you could just time a guy, skate with two hands on your stick from goal line to goal line, and then skate with one hand and see how much faster you are. And your stick's on the ice. And I mean, I heard I heard stories where uh, uh, Yammer Yager would skate around. He wouldn't lift his stick off the ice in practice, like the whole time. Like it was so important to have your stick on the ice. That's where the puck is, right? Um, right. Video, video is huge for that. I mean, you can talk to a player, but if you show him when he goes – to take, get the puck or something. If he goes in there and tries to hit the guy with a stick up in his hands or, I mean, that's, you'll see as the higher levels, that's an easy little pass. Like I'm not afraid to get hit. I'm not afraid for you to hit me. I'm just going to, you know, make a two foot pass or five foot pass, 10 foot pass to a centerman or whatever. Right. So video is always great to show. Um, And then just, it's just something you just talk. I think you just talk about a lot, angling drills, teaching them how to angle how to protect the middle of the ice. I mean, the, those are little, little things, but I think as a coach, you know, stressing those little habits, so important. For sure. You'll see it. I mean, if, especially if you're looking for it as a coach, if I see a player on our team go in there and, and hit a guy and he doesn't come up with the puck or even disrupt the play, it's kind of a wasted energy. And it's, uh, you know, it's all about the puck. If you don't have it, you better right. find a way to get it back. And skating around with your stick off the ice isn't going to help you get it back any faster. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you guys are kind of lucky. And like, like I said, I was fortunate enough to come skate with you and your your program. And the way that you guys train and, and the way that you guys do things and the availability you have, I, I left that. I left that day like loving the game more and, and not often that doesn't happen like every day. Cause I've, I've been in hockey since I was, you know, a, a little kid and I left there thinking, Holy cow. Like I love, I love hockey. I love mm-hmm. it. And so if you want to dive into your school and, yeah. and what you're all about and, and a typical day for some of these, these athletes that get to come and be hockey players and be good men and, and just dive yeah. into to your school. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Our school is called North Star Christian Academy. It's in Alexandria, Minnesota. It's a, uh, it's an academy prep school. We have right now, we have one team, a U18 team, but we're adding a, uh, 
a J, I guess it's called a JV or U16, U15. The words aren't uh, exact, but uh, our school is, is based on the foundation and our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what we're um, all about. So you saw this, Danny, you were part of it. Like you saw, we had a devotion to start in the morning and, and I think it was about fearless and uh, being, yep. you know, and when we have our faith like that, especially in a time like today with the coronavirus, and there is a lot of fear going on, what's going to happen in this world? You know, yeah. we're trusting that what it says in God's word, that he has all authority on heaven and earth that we're going to trust and, and prepare like that. And we teach our guys about that and, and want them to play with that freedom knowing that there's something bigger than hockey at the end of the day, you can play, you can talk, you can have Bill Guerin on here who played 20 years in the NHL, right? It comes to an end for everybody at some point. What yeah, kind yeah. of man are you going to be like we talked about? Do you still love hockey? Are you a good husband, father, those kind of things. And those, I had to learn that because I wasn't being that guy. Like I mentioned earlier in my story. And, and when I came to faith, when I was playing in Calgary, that's when I started playing the best hockey in my life. And so this school, that's what our foundation is built on and then we have we're on the ice in the morning we're doing skills training which you got to be a part of and ran a great skills practice with our guys and i get to be part of that and then um our guys go to school from 10 to noon then they grab lunch then they go back to school and then we have a team practice where we get to work on compete and little habits and game stuff preparing for games and stuff like that but our whole school is built on that foundation that I was talking about and built on the devotions we start in the morning and, and getting our guys to understand that to be the best hockey player you can be, you got to become the best man you can be. And how are we going to do that? And that's what we're training. And that's what we're discussing every day at our school. Very cool. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about like the staff that you have there, um, mm -hmm. who you're coaching with. You said it's one team. It's going to be expanding yeah. into two teams next season. So can you touch on that? And then also, um, you know, where your players are come, where you're getting your players from. Are they mostly Minnesota? Are they from outside? Yeah. Um, so our staff, uh, I was assistant coach and our head coach was, his name is John Oliver. He's known as J.O. in the hockey world. And he has coached uh, for 39, 40 years. He's coached in the Western Hockey League, the East Coast Hockey League, uh, the BC Junior Hockey League. He's coached Division One. He's been a GM in the American Hockey League and ran farm teams for multiple NHL teams. So he even started the league out in the West Coast League. So he's been around hockey his whole life. He is, uh, both of his sons still play professional hockey in Germany. One was an all Hobie Baker finalist and one played in the NHL. So his, his uh, background in coaching, he's been around for a long time. Just a great uh, wealth of knowledge. And his whole goal is now is to train young men uh, to be the men that they can be and the hockey players they can be. That's his whole – that's the way he coaches now. He hasn't coached like that forever. He would tell you that. But now he is uh, – he is has strong faith, and he is pushing guys towards, towards their faith and becoming the best men they can be. Uh, the director of our hockey program, his name is Rick Randazzo. He is uh, the head of – FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and him and his wife started this academy, and they're just an amazing people, great friends. They love the Lord, and they love serving young men and helping them, be, you know, try to reach their full potential. And uh, I don't know if Danny, if you got to meet Rick, 
that much too much, but he is, in, they're just an amazing family. They took their whole family and did a 50 state, uh, tour. So every month they moved, they took their family and went to a different state in the United States and ran a, um, a hockey school for a month, all 50 states. And, uh, Pretty amazing. And, and it's to share Crazy. their faith. Yeah, to share their yeah. love for the Lord Jesus and hockey all in one. And uh, what happened was all these players were going to these camps and seeing how much fun it was, the freedom that they had, the, the enjoyment they had in games. They're like, man, if we could do this for a whole year as a team. And that gave Rick and Shannon the vision of starting this academy. So that's, that's our staff. Bobby Robbins is also on staff. You can Google him and watch some of his fights. This guy is a warrior, oh, wow. and he is an awesome man. He's a great friend, and uh, like, like I said, he loves the Lord, and he is pushing guys, but he also loves hockey, and he just wants guys to be the best they, that they can be. So, Danny, you got to see part of our staff there, so that's that's a little bit of what's going on. We're, we're hiring some other people as we're expanding, but uh, that's a little bit of what's going on. Yeah, Nate. I think like you touched on that school. And when I was there, I think one of the kids that billet with you was in one of those camps and now come full circle. He's at the school. And yeah. so are, are you getting a lot of kids from, from the area or you're pulling kids from around the yeah, country? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for reminding me. So we have players from, I want to say 13 different States on our team. Um, the player you're talking about, Rick and his wife, they, they had a camp in Fargo, North Dakota. And this young man was 12. And now he's at our school. So it's pretty neat that uh, how it came full circle. He's actually uh, tendered by Minot in the North American League and getting more attention. He's a high-end player. Um, but, yeah, most of our players are from 13 different states. We have Texas, California, Michigan, um, New Hampshire, Idaho. Uh, yeah, they're from all over. So For sure. Yeah, this is James. Awesome. This is my son, James. Hey, buddy. Saying hi. Say James is the man. Yeah. <laughs> so. Awesome. And yeah. your, uh, your season with North Star, what, what league do you play in? So we play in the NAPHL. Um, it's a tier. We play in the tier one elite league. I'm five. <laughs> hey, buddy, five. My little, my little guy's four. You guys are like the same age. Yeah. <laughs> so we play in the NAPHL. Uh, tier one elite league and uh, we actually got moved up a level this year um, after we were we were doing re really well in the start they moved us up to the tier one triple uh, a level that we got to play in and we made it to the championship game where we lost uh, two nothing to Meyer in the championship but uh, Meyer's team from Michigan was just a great tournament and it was a lot of fun to see our guys grow and and get prepared for that yeah. tournament yeah, that's awesome. And and like I said, uh, you guys have something extremely special there. And uh, I was excited to be there. And I, I do plan yeah. on coming back, hopefully, once this yeah. pandemic uh, lifts yeah. off of us. And we all know it will. But uh, kind of building off that, as we as we wrap mm. things up, where can people find you? And yeah. if there's anything yeah. like final thoughts or anything like that, or this would mm. be kind of the time to throw that in here. Yeah. I would say if you're if you'd like more information on on our program, we'd love you to check us out. We're on Twitter at North Star uh, Christian Academy Prep Team, and uh, you have to just Google. I am not the most 
technical savvy guy. You'd have to just North Star Christian Academy, Alexandria, Minnesota. If you Google that, it'll bring you to our website and you get more information. Love for you to check our program out. And uh, I would say just thanks for having me. I think it's great. You know, um, youth coaches, you know, praise God for youth coaches because it takes patience. It takes time. It takes love and energy to, to help these young men. But that's the reason all of us got to play as long as we did because somebody took the time and invested in us and, and showed us right. the love of the great sport because uh, it starts there. It starts with the guys that don't mind being on the ice at six in the morning, wearing a helmet and uh, you know, corralling all these young hockey players. Um, and it's a great sport. So if you can continue to do that. So I just thank all of them for doing that. Uh, thank you guys for just reaching out and, and trying to, you know, like you said, when I think we first talked, leave the hockey world better than we found it. That's what you guys are doing. Absolutely. So thanks for letting me be yeah, a part. That's, that's, that's our mission here. here. And yeah, for sure. And you can, you can find and check them out at uh, nscacademy.org. Uh, they, they have a ton. That's where all their resources are online. NS, nscacademy.org. And then on Instagram and Twitter at northstar.nights at northstar.nights. So you can check them out. They've got a ton of information. They're always posting good things. And like I said, at this facility that they have is, is second to none. When I was there, I was telling some of the kids that, hey, if you're going to a junior team that doesn't have the means like this, like you're going to be downgrading a little bit. So it's cool to see what you have going on there in the locker room facilities, all the way to the training room, to the, the turf, um, and the, the dome and things like that. And so you got something pretty special there. And so we, we do appreciate for your time. We know that's one of the most invaluable things we have. So we appreciate yeah. it. And if before you go, uh, if you'd give us a let's go, we'd appreciate that as well. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Let's go hockey. Let's go. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate All right. you. All Thanks, right. Thanks, Danny. We'll talk to you again. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tim Jackman. It was a pleasure to have you on the Let's Go Hockey podcast. I say we jump right into those three stars. Cameron, what do you got for us? Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, three stars of the night. I'm going to start with, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to choose from in that in that talk, but, you know, he talked about, I think it was with his LA Kings GM, sat him down and had a conversation with him and basically said, you know, it's great that you're willing to fight, but you got to start winning those fights. I thought that was one, it was funny, but two, right. uh, you know, I think the takeaway from that little piece of knowledge is that, you know, you've got, it, it's one thing to, to have a role on the team, but it's another, another thing to accept that role and become a master of it. So whether that role is, you know, when he was talking about was being uh, kind of the, the sandpaper for that team um, or you're the goal scorer or the, you're the setup guy or you're Mr. Hustle or you're, you're the team pump up guy, whatever your role is on the team, you got to become a master at it. Just doing it isn't enough. Like becoming a master at it is, is what's going to help separate you from the pack and help separate your team. So for me, that was, that was my, one of the takeaways. Uh, second star of the night. I love the story about he used with, uh, Yager and the importance of stick, um, about the way that Yager trained to make sure that his stick was always on the ice. And it translates into the finer details of the game as the players get better and better at every level or coaches are getting higher and higher at every level the details a lot of time become the separators so for a coach it's so important to be able to teach those details whether it's bringing an ipad on the ice and and, and showing a player exactly what those tiny details are so that they got a strong stick or they're opening their hips the right way or they're using their arm as a shield or you know whatever their uh 
that detail is that you're working on. Being able to visually show them is, is a huge thing. Being able to communicate what you're talking about with that detail and uh, making it so your players are going to be able to, to, to learn those details to put them into their game. And from a player side, same thing, being able to, to take that advice from your coach, figure out what those tiny little details are, because eventually when, as you get higher up on those levels, it's the details that start separating the, the good from the great. So I think that was a huge right. takeaway. Keeter, you got the honor, the first star of the night. What do you, what do you have? First star of the night. But before we get there, the idea, and Jack said one of those small details is just having your stick on the ice. Um, and a lot of times Yager was always known for like weighing down all this stuff or wearing all these weight things. And we plug gel sticks enough, but like, honestly, and I know the North star, I know their, their school uses gel sticks. So the idea, uh, like using those in practice, it's, it's a lot harder to have your stick in the air when it weighs two and a half times the weight. So the idea of using those gel sticks for those finer details. And like he said, putting in, putting an iPad on the ice and showing them like, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but you had two hands on your stick in the air, the entire way down the ice. And so I thought, I thought that was super interesting. And in, in that this guy that, you know, he's been doing this for a while. He got to start coaching at, in a, at Minnesota state as a student assistant. And now he's like, you said, coaching at North star. Um, he, he's been around the game a lot and he's still talking about those tiny little details, which yeah, I love to show that. Yeah. It's just how important, important it is. Right. Exactly. It's so important. So I, I'm with you, man. hundred percent. What do you have for the first star? First star of the night goes to just when he talked about his coach, like advice for coaches and what made that coach special. And he, he talked about a lot of different coaches and the idea that, you know, the best ones looked at him as a human, um, and that he actually cared about him. And I think it was, um, I think it was Boudreaux when he talked about, he came into the locker room. He's like, we're not going to win very many games if Tim Jackman is the best player on our team. And like, like for me, it'd be like, <laughs> what a backhanded hey, compliment, huh? <laughs> right. He's just, he's just ripping them apart. But the way Jack's talked about it was that the relationship he had with the coach allowed him to say that. And that coach knew that he would get a response out of, out of Tim Jackman, but also the team. Uh, and he, he wasn't gonna ruin the relationship with Tim Jackman because he's put so much positive in. And it's something that I talk about with my players that I work with, like you have to put so much positive in, into these kids. It's like a bank, right? And you, you can toss in positive, 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 but eventually like you are going to have to take something out of that, right? You are going to have to take a negative out and you got to make sure. And I think that that's what he was getting at with Boudreaux, that he had enough positive, uh, energy and whatever in him that he could take a negative out and not ruin the relationship. And so that was a huge first star of the night for me. It, it's something that I live by and it's something, it's nice to know that even someone in the NHL reiterates that. So Jackman and Tim Jackman, I, we appreciate you coming out again. We'd love to have you back on because I don't think we even scratched the surface of what he could do to help our sport become better, help our youth coaches and our youth players. And even, even some guys that play in the NHL and college hockey and coaches at that level as well. But check out, check out his school. Again, it's a North star Christian Academy uh, in, in Alexandria, Minnesota. That website is nscacademy.org. Uh, I've been there before and it's like a mini college. Like it's unbelievable. The, the facility that they have there and then check them out online. Um, they're doing a lot on Instagram, Northstar.nights. Um, same thing on Twitter, but 
you know, just scrolling through their Instagram feed, they have, I mean, the first six posts, three of them are tenders in the NA. So they're, they're pumping out good hockey players there. And I think a big part of that is the coaching that, that they have there from, from their head coach all the way down to the bottom. So yeah, that's what I got. Positive influence and teach them, teach them the right things. So Awesome. Awesome. I like that. Uh, the positive negative, uh, bank analogy. I haven't, I've heard that before, but it's been a while, but it's a good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, for everybody that's still listening, uh, make sure you give us a, a like and a subscribe so you can hear, we'll be pumping out new episodes every week. we got some exciting guests on the docket coming up here. Uh, if you like what you hear, make sure you give us a review on iTunes as well. That really helps us out and, and helps get us uh, to reach more hockey coaches, players, and parents. So, um, with that, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM on, on Instagram, either to myself, to Danny, or the uh, Let's Go Hockey podcast. Uh, and we'll, we'll address those in our upcoming Quick Shift segments. Um, and if you have any for some of our previous guests, be sure to ask those too, and we can follow up and, and get those answered. So with that, let's, let's wrap this thing up and uh, let's get rolling. Danny, you ready to give me a Let's Go to get out of here? Always. We'll see everybody next time. Let's go. Let's go. Woo. All right, Let's Go Hockey Podcast listeners. This is Vinny checking in with you from behind the scenes. Thank you so much to Tim Jackman. Awesome interview with him. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about the team that he coaches in the school, it is North Star Christian Academy. That's nscacademy.org. Make sure you go give them a follow on Instagram at northstar.knights. I'm going to throw a video in the description. It's a little promotional video that their school put together. Check it out. Really great stuff from them. Finally, we want to thank our sponsors, HockeyWolf.com. Please head over to HockeyWolf.com. Get yourself some new gear for when the rinks open back up. And for any coaches or organizational leaders, you have to check out HockeyWolf.com's team sales program. Send them an email. Send them a message. Get your team everything that they need every time they hit the ice from HockeyWolf.com. And finally, Gel Stick Sports. Gel Sticks are the best weighted trading aids in the game for hockey, lacrosse, and golf. Two and a half times heavier than a standard stick or shaft. You're going to want to get your hands on one of these and train different today. Gel Sticks weighted training aids are available at GELSTX.com and let them know that we sent you by using promo code Let's Go at checkout to receive 20% off your order. So head over to Gel Sticks, use promo code Let's Go whenever you filled your basket up with every Gel Sticks product you could ever dream of. That's L E T S G O at checkout. Visit GelSticks.com today. Like we always say, support them because they support us. And thank all of you for supporting us for another week of the podcast. We really appreciate it. If you like what you've been listening to and you haven't hit subscribe, please do so. We'd love to know you're out there and we'll see you next time.